0: The Free for All Roundtable.
1: Round two. On round two, Sunira Chaudhry is your employment lawyer at Workley Law. Robert Benzie is Queen's Park Bureau Chief for the Toronto Star. Adam Vaughn is a former Liberal MP. And let's actually start, Robert Benzie, with you since it was your story. Can you sort of map out why it matters? I asked the same question to Merritt Stiles, and I realized that, you know, the opposition's going to sink its teeth into anything. But what is the reveal? this time when it comes to the Greenbelt scandal?
2: Well, this is something the Ms. Styles' party did under an FOI, Freedom of Information request, John, and they got this email that had was previously unknown. Uh, it's 15-month-old email from October 2022 that was shared with them in December and then shared with the Star this week. And it's basically an email from uh, former municipal affairs minister Steve Clark's then chief of, chief of staff to uh, Doug Ford's then principal secretary, now his chief of staff, do- talking about criteria for removal of Greenbelt lands. Now, the thing that made it newsworthy to us was that the date of the email was 10 days earlier than the government had maintained they would first discuss this stuff. So the premier's office had maintained it it first discussed this stuff. So I guess it undermines the narrative that Mr. Clark's then chief of staff was kind of a, a rogue operative. And now it could just be that this email got lost in the shuffle political staffers uh, at the highest level get hundreds of emails literally every single day. So it is possible that that it, this just slipped the mind. But it's just the optics are not great for the government. The government, you know, didn't like our story yesterday. And they weren't too happy about it. But uh,
1: that's, that's, un, uh, that's understandable, I suppose. Yeah, Adam Vaughn, some people are dismissing the whole thing, saying this is just a convenient way of trying to reignite something that is damaging to Doug Ford. So is it something important? I, I think anything that
0: l- links the premier to the, to the decisions um, is going to um, be profoundly important, especially as the investigations by other organizations, including police, continues. Um, the issue here is is clearly one where where you know private landholders got a massive benefit due to government decisions, and if those government decisions are tied back to the premier, then I think you've got a situation where the premier has um, acted in ways that are just. You know, beyond description, you know, it's, it's, it's a very serious set of allegations and anything that ties forward to it continues to undermine the, the public's trust of, of, of Ford and you've seen that run into other issues, even when there's nothing to look at.
1: Well, and Sunnir Chaudhary, we don't necessarily have to pivot to the Staples business, but the worst thing in politics is a bad pattern of behavior and it does seem to be a pattern of behavior.
3: It's, a, it's for sure, John. It's a pattern of behavior. But uh, I think, as Benzie pointed out rightly, this is a 15-month-old email. So it's not as though this is an ongoing pattern of misconduct. This is something that is uh, in and around the time. I think it, it is notable. It's 10 days before the government sort of admitted that this conversation sort of broke that is i i think in some ways like noteworthy but really i mean how much worse could it get uh for the ford government after the 166 page um uh, commissioner report that we see that the house then housing minister uh breached the um Integrity Act. I mean, really, uh, I don't know that this is going to really play out any further. In fact, there there isn't really an, an enforcement path here to actually investigate this email any further because the commissioner did uh, what he was supposed to do. So I think this is sort of like a 24-hour news cycle but, thing. I think it's interesting, but I don't know that we're, we're going to see What does that it.
0: show, though? And I think that I, Rob is probably in a better spot to confirm this, but it, it shows that they weren't using government accounts to, 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 to circle this information around.
3: But we already know that. We already know that we know. But this, personal
0: but this email shows that have been earlier used. emails, earlier emails off book to the premier's office. It, it, you know, it, it, it deepens a pattern and and reinforces a perception that he's doing things in an underhanded way, not by the rules, and and that he knew it and was involved much more deeply and much more earlier than originally. To, original
3: to suggest it's a new pattern, though, is is a mischaracterization. So I think we've got to be careful because of the timing here. It's a fifteen-month-old email. We've no got to be careful.
2: That's... And It's, it's not. Deep-
3: that happens all the time. New evidence comes out all the time. Uh, look at lawyers will tell you that all the time. Trial decisions come out. New evidence comes out after the fact. I mean, the fact of the matter is, we have this 166-page report. This is not a new story.
1: Okay, let's pivot to something else, and that would be growing um, economic disparity. And Adam Vaughn, I'll start with you on this one. The figures actually kind of make my head hurt because they're extraordinarily complicated. But all it says is that the really rich are getting richer, and the really poor who couldn't get by are getting poorer.
0: Yeah, it's 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 why you you see some governments so focused on poverty reduction and so focused on on that phrase that the prime minister uses which is building back a middle middle class I mean income disparity and 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 wealth gaps um for the last 25 years have been widening and widening and widening it is the effectively the housing crisis those with assets are rich those without are poor and the gap between salaries at the bottom and and, and attaining middle class status is getting wider and wider it's why you you've got to focus on the middle class as opposed to simply um, just tax cuts and, and, and boutique sort of programs. You actually have to restructure the wage economy.
1: Well, and Robert Benzi, when you look at these figures, I mean, a lot of this is about inflation and cost of living, uh, the rise in the cost of real estate and renting. And when the rich get richer, it doesn't actually make a measurable change in their lives. But if the poor get poorer, then, you know, more and more people are slipping into debt and poverty.
2: Yeah, and I think that there's also the, the perception, and Adam makes a very good point about about house prices and and the cost of rent and, and mortgages. These are the things that make fee- people make the middle class, who whatever that is, whatever the definition of that is, feel the pinch. So you it, it, you'd be hard pressed when you're speaking with your friends and family to find anyone who doesn't have a a kind of cost of living issue that's top of mind to them. Whether it's you know grocery prices, gasoline prices, other fuel costs, uh, heating, such a such as that. That. I, and I think that's the problem, and you mean, and that's why the the federal tour, uh, federal liberals, rather, right now, are huddled at their cabinet retreat in Montreal, trying to figure out a way to appease the middle class, because that's where the votes are. And one of the reasons why Pierre Polyev's conservatives are doing so well in the polls is they seem to have tapped into the uh, anxiety that that folks are feeling about the cost of living. So this is the very
1: problematic thing, This need these new stats can, uh, uh, findings. And whenever we get into this kind of a, an issue, Sunira Chaudhary, you have people saying, oh, people are just jealous of the rich. No, it's just that the rich seem to be able to structure things in order to pad their wallets while everybody else can't even afford their groceries.
3: Yeah, yeah John, and I think when it comes to the wealthier class, of course, they can invest, they can invest in real estate, they can charge, you know, higher rents and, actually turn the situation into one that uh will turn into a saving situation whereas i think the stats can article it says that for low income households the net savings decreased by 9.8% in the span of 1 year i mean that's pretty staggering to think about that in in the course of 1 year uh most individuals are saving 10% i mean their net savings have gone down by 10% that's that's huge i think we know that when it comes to rent i mean most folks if you have to if you have to move especially if you've been living somewhere for a number of years, uh, the amount of uh, that rent has gone up, it's not gone up by 10 or 15%. For a lot of people, it's gone up for 50, 75% or even 100%. And so, of course, I think folks not being able to save in this climate, especially when rent has jumped up, uh, I think in some cases in some areas, like 100% in the last five years. This is not surprising, and of course uh, some solutions have to be figured out really, really quickly.
1: At the inquest into a Toronto police officer killing Sami Yatim aboard a streetcar in 2013, the officer in question who was convicted and did jail time uh, was asked if anything would have made a difference. He said, yes, if I had access to a taser. Actually, Robert Benzie, my first thought was, no, if you were a better cop, forget the taser, You. Mm-hmm. you, you Holding your gun out when you didn't have to. Well, exactly, John. And and I mean, James
2: Fursillo, I mean, this actually really hits home to me. This happened around 400 meters from my house. Uh, and I was walking my son to school the next day. Uh, it was quite something to walk by that that scene. I guess it was in July, but it was after the, there was there was a memorial there, uh, July 2013. There was a memorial there to Mr. Yatim for, for many, many months of flowers and, and everything. We used to walk by with my kid and he would be asking me questions about what happened. And it was I mean? Forcillo f- fired many shots into uh, Mr. Yatim, and I mean they they fired a stun gun after into his lifeless body on the streetcar, as I recall, which was just I mean the whole thing was just such an appalling situation. I agree. I would rather uh, officers fire tasers than 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 guns. But um, I mean, this is the situation. I don't know if Forcillo is blaming. Other things that beyond his own kind of issues, you know.
1: Yeah, Adam Vaughn, It suggests to me that he still doesn't quite appreciate what he did.
0: Well, uh, you know, he he saw his role very differently than I think the public wants police to behave. Uh, and I think that that you know this is a classic example of why civilian oversight is so critical. Um, you know. People are going to have mental health breakdowns. The solution is never a weapon, and it's and, it sh- and quite frankly, it shouldn't be the police. Um, but if we don't have a properly funded and properly functioning healthcare system around mental health supports, um, this is the way it play out plays out. And and you're right, the, the choice wasn't between a gun and a taser; it was between you know helping somebody and hurting somebody and, and uh, somebody paid a price here and it wasn't the police officer.
1: I want to jump to another topic here, and Sanir, I'll start with you on it. Uh, it is a growing tide on the internet. I mean, there's tons of misinformation. There are all kinds of counter-narratives, and the one that horrifies me this morning to discover is that some people are arguing the October 7th massacre in Israel was not Hamas. It was Israel killing its own people so they could then invade Gaza. And, you know, it's easy to dismiss these things as fever dreams, but they actually are used to justify all kinds of thinking and to generate uh, public opinion.
3: Yeah, I, I mean to read the story that the massacre uh, was a false flag. I mean, uh, I think it 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 suggests that when you go on social media, when you go on X or or Facebook, we know that these. Uh, these social media um, forums really turn into echo chambers. You find what you're looking to find and we will decide what we believe based on our own upbringing, our own predispositions, our own biases, not based on real evidence, not based on what we see or hear. Because I mean, if if we just go back to the Iowa caucuses in the United States just last week, an overwhelming majority of Republicans don't believe Biden was fairly uh, elected at the last election. I mean, this this idea that we are not being told the truth the narrative that's being put out there it's becoming much more the norm um than anything else which is it's it's absolutely scary and people have to be very very careful about what they ingest online and taking it to be true and that's certainly happening to our youth as well who are very impressionable questioning you know media outlets and taking the word of what they're seeing on Twitter instead
1: well and Robert Benzi you're probably on the receiving end of the same kind of communications as I am where people are always saying why aren't you covering this well exactly John
2: and w- and we saw during covid-19 there were tons of uh, tons of misinformation and disinformation flying around and i think it's, you were talking earlier in the show uh, this morning about uh, the civics education. I think a lot of it goes back to uh, people learning to think critically when they're in school and reading the newspaper, listening to the radio, and 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 finding credible sources of information rather than going down rabbit holes on 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 social media uh, with you know like-minded weirdos and and fringe nutcases. You know,
1: folks. Thank you all very much. Great discussion this morning. Adam Vaughn, Robert Benzie, Sunira Chaudhary. Catch the Roundtable, round one at 7.45, round two at 8.45. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.